Welcome to the Monday edition of Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is a leading locally owned cleaning company in Calgary. They offer their corporate clients flexible plans and use a dedicated app to keep in contact with their clientele 24 7. A weird weekend in the NFL that either has catapulted you into fantasy football greatness or broke your heart terribly. We'll discuss that and gestures aggressively at the world around us. Uh, if you have anything to say about the show, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Shout out to Ways to Talent for providing the music. So, the NFL week is not as over as it normally is after Sunday, as we still have four games as I am recording this. Four! Usually only have one, so it's obviously a weird time in the National Football League. And there are really no easy answers for how to handle this. And I saw a number of different opinions, I guess, on on the matter. And I, I know, like, th- this is... This is not a subject I enjoy talking about a whole lot. I kind of just like doing this just to talk about the sports stuff, but obviously that is not a privilege that we can be afforded at this time. And one of the reasons I don't like coming at this is like I have a different perspective on this than you might or that they might or that whoever might, right? Like everyone's coming at this from a different way. It's easy for me to say everything should just be locked down until everything is over because it's like I I go out like twice a month. It's not that big a deal for me to not, to not see anyone. I I am uniquely qualified to handle these situations. Um, And I'll, I'll probably never be a a multi-billionaire who owns a team, but it just, it feels like there are so many wrong answers as to why we should do things right now. Like, uh, people saying that, or owners suggesting that these games should be postponed for a couple of days instead of just outright forfeited or cancelled so that the owners can get money. Well, that's not a great answer. Um, or just play the games like they're scheduled because, I mean, that might help my team out. That's not a good answer either. Shut everything down might be the easy answer for us to say, but I'm not even sure that's the answer because there's a lot of people who rely on these games. And I'm not just saying the ones who are, are saying that they need this for their, their mental health, which very well may be true. I, I'm saying, like, uh, concession stand workers and beer vendors, like like the, the people who actually make their money selling you shit at these games, kind of need that money, and especially this time of year. So th- there is no just cut and dry response to this, which is why everything is always all over the place when it comes to this. And one thing I think it's very important to do is try... Try to at least try to look at other perspectives. And by the way, that doesn't mean agree with other perspectives, right? Like you can, you can, I just listed a couple. You can look at other people's perspectives and go, no, wrong. Disagree with that. Uh, well, maybe the wrong part might be a bit extreme, but everyone is just trying to make it through the same thing that we don't really have a guidebook for making it through. And this time feels different now because now players are legitimately getting sick. You know, like we are setting records day after day of most players being put on COVID lists in every league that is still playing right now. So this, it feels very doomsday and it feels like we are right back to where we were 18 months ago. And that feels very defeating. So again, what I will say, and this goes into the larger discussion, because we're going to talk about things that don't really matter after this. But as long as you're not like hurting anyone or people around you or anything like that, just do what makes you happy right now. If you feel more comfortable staying at home, stay at home, but don't judge the people who want to go out. And if it helps you to go out right now, there are, as long as you are following the rules and again, not getting yourself sick or anyone else around you sick, do that. But don't 
hate on the other people who want to stay in. Like there's just, there is so much going on right now and there's so much bringing us all down. I don't know if we need to be yelling about sporting games and whether they should be happening or not. If you don't think they should be happening, by all means, don't watch. And, but again, if you're not, if you're on the other side and you feel like all these games need to be happening, don't hate on the people who are worried that everyone around them is getting sick and the world is collapsing. So we probably don't need a hockey game on a Tuesday night. Like it's, it's difficult enough right now trying to figure this all out without having everyone just yelling at each other. Speaking of yelling at each other, awkward transitions again into things that don't matter. Analytics versus tradition. The war that walked in baseball so it could fly in the National Football League has taken off as the Baltimore Ravens for the second week in a row are right in the middle of it as they go for two on a touchdown that pulled them within one. If they kick the extra point, the game is tied with 40 seconds left as they are playing the Green Bay Packers. If you are unaware of the situation... Baltimore had their backup quarterback in. He had played better than anyone thought he would have, which is one of the things that killed one of my fantasy teams this week. Um, And he leads them down. They score a touchdown. And then down, I think, what was it, 31-30 or uh, 30-29, he rolls to his right, pass to Mark Andrews, who has been unguardable by the Packers all game long, and they break it up and the game is over. And there are a bunch of different ways to come at this. And I will admit, like, I I am often the, when you're, you have these types of situations, well, if you have a mobile quarterback, roll them out and see if something opens up. Odds are, when you're rolling out that way, it's not going to open up. And if you watch the, the film on that, the safety, as soon as he says hut, just beelines it over for Mark Andrews, because you knew that's where they were going. And the Ravens are in a difficult spot because they are not a team that has a bunch of weapons offensively right like they are they are an interestingly constructed team and so now I am I'm now of the belief instead of just roll the quarterback out as aggressively as they did just have him be aware that he can move the pocket if he needs to um because that was that was not a great play design and we saw a few of those like the I don't mind the Chargers going for it on that Thursday night game I just didn't love the play designs on a lot of those I, I think there can be a little bit more done with them but the, the thing that gets to me is I know that the same people who are saying this was stupid are the ones who would have, if it was tied, said, well, gave Aaron Rodgers too much time. It's like, well, you, what, what do you want? What do you want from me? Do you want me to tie the game and give Aaron Rodgers a bunch of time? Do you want me to try to win so that maybe he doesn't go for it? Or like, how, how, how would you like me to react to this particular situation? And that is so incredibly annoying. And th- this is... I get that it was kind of a buzzy thing a couple of years ago, but this is definitely a both sides thing. Both sides craft a narrative around what actually happened and think that the other side are absurd morons if they disagree. Major League Baseball, oh, what? You call a guy an RBI guy? <laughs> Hope your knuckles are fine from dragging on the ground so much. And then the other side, well, oh, you just want to pitch to Barry Bonds with the first base open? <sighs> Fine, have fun being down one nothing. Like everyone thinks the other side is completely stupid, and it, it shows up very aggressively in hockey, and it's now starting to show up aggressively in the NFL. The, the condescending nature of this, again from both sides, is making NFL Twitter unbearable. The same way it was, and sometimes still is. Anytime Chris Russell does fucking anything, positively or negatively. It's just a big around everyone and it drives me crazy and I definitely kind of hate it. So again, this goes back to the perspective thing. You can see 
both sides. And it's not a one, like, if there was a one-size-fits-all for all of this, sports would be super boring. And because teams have tried to figure out what the one-size-fits-all for all of this, some sports have kind of become boring. And, like, you you get, I think the most extreme in baseball was Blake Snell being pulled in that World Series game. Like, there is no point in having a Blake Snell if you are going to do that. And I am, I consider myself more analytically driven. But I'm also someone who thinks there's a value in having Milan Lucic on the roster. Now, I would then counter my own counter by saying it's probably not worth $5 million. But... There is a value in having those types of guys. And there's a value in letting your starting pitcher work through some things a little bit. And we're all, again, learning this thing together and trying to figure out how to make analytics work. And as with most things, it's probably best when you meet in the middle, when it's part of the tool, uh, part of the puzzle, sorry, but it's not the entire board, right? Would I have gone for it if I were the Ravens? I don't think I would have. I, I think in that spot, I'm, I'm probably just going for the tie. Do I think it's the worst decision that's ever been made by a coach? I don't even think it was the worst decision that was made by a coach this week. I also think it was really silly for New England with nine minutes to go to kick a field goal that made a two-possession game a two-possession game. Like, I, I, I tend to lean more on the line, uh, analytics side, but I also understand Hamilton kicking a field goal down three with four seconds left from the three-yard line. I get that one. I fully understand that one. And maybe if it's Lamar Jackson, maybe it's reacted to a little bit differently and it's a backup quarterback in. But the the point is, all of this, it just gets unbearable as the two sides are so dug in on their one side. And like I, I get that the, the analytics people are tired of being called nerds and geeks that are ruining the sport, but the dumb moronic comments go both ways and it, it gets, it just wears on you watching these games. Um, takeaways from like the actual broader picture of the NFL, all of this craziness we've had this season of what's going on in the AFC, a- NFC, look at all these great teams. How are we going to, and now we have come back to, um, somehow the two best teams in the league are the Packers and the Kansas city chiefs. And, That is absolutely wild to me. Um, like, it's it's just, it's so funny to, to think back beginning of the year um, when Green Bay gets absolutely whooped on in that opener. And early part of the season, the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah, they've been figured out. And now we are here, and while neither team is playing perfect football, they're probably the two best teams in the NFL. And it's, we need to remember, like, 17 games isn't a lot when you're looking at different sample sizes and having time to make adjustments and things like that. Like, they, they always look at, hey, teams that start off the season 0-2 only make the playoffs such and such, and such amount of times. Okay, but sometimes they do. And it's like, we, we get this thing. It, it's, to me, I initially caught myself after week three sometimes. I was like, okay, we we have seen a bit of a pattern change. It followed, and now we have the official confirmation. Like, three is a streak. We're, we're going with this now. No one can change for the rest of the season. And uh, these teams can change. Like, even at the halfway point, look, with three games left, we could see some teams adjust, see some teams change, and make the playoffs. Like, Miami seemed dead to rights, and I don't think they're playing particularly well, but they're winning games. Same thing, like, Washington was winning a bunch of games, but not playing super well. You can do that in the NFL, and things can turn around. 17 games isn't long, but it's long enough that you can fix shit that isn't working in the first half of the season. And we've seen that with Kansas City. The defense has obviously gotten better. Very clearly it's gotten better. And there were some injuries on there that we just all kind of ignored because it fit this narrative for us, for, for Kansas City. And 
for Green Bay, it was, oh, Aaron Rodgers didn't want to be there. See, this is what happens when you miss all of the season. And uh, I even said it, like, hey, maybe preseason games actually mean something. And maybe being around for training camp actually means something. And now, here we are, into December, coming up on Christmas games, and Aaron Rodgers is one of the candidates for MVP. It's just... We overreact in the early part of the season, and then we get smacked in the face in the middle part of the season. At the end, we all kind of come to realize that was probably the way we thought it was all along. Other notes from the weekend. RIP to your fantasy teams if you either faced Mark Andrews or had anyone from the Arizona Cardinals. And just as I'm recording this, um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have announced, or it's been reported anyway, that uh, Chris Godwin will miss the remainder of the season with a torn ACL Uh, He was third in the NFL in receiving this season. So that is a devastating blow. And look at this. All of a sudden, the Tampa Buccaneers are a little bit more accepting of Antonio Brown coming into the locker room, even after he faked the vaccine thing. Funny how that worked. Hey, before it was, well, I mean, they they suspended him, but that doesn't mean we're going to just keep it at three. Well, hey, can we make it two? Like, it's quick how that turns around. And again, the NFL is very bad for this, but all sports do it. Not a great dude, but you're very good at what you do, and we kind of need that thing that you do now, so we're going to to get it back. For Arizona, this is another puzzling loss for them at a time they definitely couldn't afford it. And I, I thought they played well on Monday night, just not well enough to win, and I thought that there was an opportunity for them, like, take some of those lessons and learn from them. And they were just like, okay... We're really bad in late game situations when the game is close. So what should we do? Be losing by enough that we have to bring in Colt McCoy in the fourth quarter? Sweet. Got it. Awesome. Weird strategy. Weird way to go about that. But that's what they did. And the the, the Cardinals now, like, that division is so tight. The conference is so tight. They are a playoff team. Don't don't get me wrong. Like They, they are going to be playing in the postseason. It's just they're going to be playing in the first week of the postseason now instead of getting that first round bye. As we sit right now, they are fourth in the NFC. They would be playing, funny enough, the LA Rams on, um, on Wild Card Weekend. That'd be a tricky one for them. We've just seen that doesn't always go well for them. So they, they were a team that I thought really needed that bye week and really needed that home field advantage. And now, like, it's not even a guarantee that the Rams aren't hosting that game because the the Rams take on the Seahawks this week. Anyone picking Seattle in that one? I know I'm not. Even you look at it, like, San Francisco's two games back. I don't think they're going to win the division, which hurts the, the bet we made. But this is a difficult division. You can't just drop games like that. You can't afford to have those kinds of letdowns. Now, the next couple of weeks are going to be really weird for the Rams because of this Tuesday game, but that was a bad, bad, bad loss for Arizona. And how do you just not feel good for Detroit? You see post-game um, Dan Campbell in the locker room and the team is behind him. And it's just, I've said it before, like the the whole, well, we're going to tank this season. We're going to see what happens. It's like, that does not create the winning cultures. And I don't know if this is going to lead, like, I don't know if Dan Campbell is going to lead this Detroit team to a Super Bowl or anything like that. But just playing their asses off every week, it just, it has to matter in some way. And it has to be better for a team than getting shit kicked every week and just shrugging your shoulders and moving on to the next thing. I also thought that um, Arizona's attack, once they were like really down, was weird. Like they were just. It was like they thought they were going to win this game already. So, okay, let's work a couple other guys in here. Let's get this Wesley dude who no one's heard of going when we have Moore and Kirk and A.J. Green and we got Chase Edmonds back and we got James Conner. Like, we have all these weapons. Why is it this dude who we are relying on 
in big moments for big plays. I just, I thought everything about Arizona's performance was weird. And this is one I'm not willing to just brush off as one bad week. I, again, I still think they're a playoff team. So to what extent am I worried? I'm, I'm not, I'm probably not going to pick them if they are the four seed in the NFC wild card. Uh, the Dolphins hang around with an ugly win and now they're a game out with three to go. Now they're behind a bunch of teams. They're behind the Steelers, uh, the Browns who play later today and the Ravens. And then you get into the playoff mix of the Bills, the Chargers, and the Colts. So it is a long road. And this was actually, after a bunch of good Tua games, this was kind of a bad one. And they survive um, because they're playing the Jets. But it, it's funny how, like, he was starting to get everyone's confidence. And then the second it kind of goes wrong, it was, oh, no, 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 we're off. We're off to a look, bad throw, bad throw. And it was, it was a bad throw. Um, but I, I still think there's something there. It is only year one. I am not as convinced that there is something there on Zach Wilson. Some of those misses that he was making are just inexcusable. And, like, there's obviously arm talent there. He's a pretty good athlete, too. Like, I, I that's something I would kind of like to see more. There's a decision-making aspect of his game that is just not there. And that could come. But there there's accuracy issues that are just whatever. And I know everyone's going to say, oh, well, look at how well Josh Allen fixed things. There's a reason we all freaked out at how Josh Allen did that. Because that's the exception, not the norm. And if I'm the Jets, I am not feeling great about our number two overall selection going into next season. And I'm not saying that because of this, the Sam Darnold trade was not a good one. I've said before, I that's not a deal I would have made. I would have tried to kind of build around Sam Darnold, and I get the rookie contract thing makes it a little bit more difficult to do. But we'll see what happens with these guys uh, as it goes on. But I, I'm not a big believer in Zach Wilson right now. For the Titans, that is a bad loss. And I get you don't have Julio for a lot of that game, A.J. Brown, um, Derrick Henry. You still have to find a way to win that game. Like There's still mistakes that are being made to allow the Steelers to hang around in those games that you just, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. And now we were looking at the schedule and Tennessee, two games up on the Colts for a long time. And it felt like, yeah, like the Titans are probably still going to win this division. But it's not going to be, like, pretty. You look at the schedule the rest of the way. They got the 49ers on Thursday. Then uh, week 17, they are home Dolphins. Week 18, they are at the Texans. That could be a 1-2 and two pretty easily for them. And then you look at the Colts side of this schedule. They are at the Cardinals coming up on Christmas. Then they are home Raiders at the Jags. Not an easy schedule either. So this is going to be an interesting race to follow going down. But th this that was a loss that the Titans... They, they've had a couple of those this year where they just... You can't have those. And I get... like the Ryan Tannehill has been better than we all thought he was going to be. Right? Like we... we we've all kind of come to this understanding that the, the Ryan Tannehill experience has gone so much better in Tennessee than it, that you ever could have thought. And he has been... He isn't the reason things have turned around, but he has done well enough that he hasn't screwed it up. The issue I have, his cap hit, this year's not bad, actually, while, while I'm looking at it. This year, his cap hit's $11 million. Next year, his cap hit's $38 million. If I am, if I'm paying you that much, I kind of need you to win these games. You know, like, if the $11 million, admittedly, that doesn't help my point a whole lot, but... If, if you are taking up a decent portion of the salary cap, I'm going to need you to win me at least one game. 
And this is the problem when you pay Ryan Tannehill that contract. It is like, did he earn that? Uh, maybe, but you are requiring best case scenario from him on a week in week out basis to live up to that contract. And he just didn't. And that it, it really, really cost them. They, th this was a time for Ryan Tannehill to kind of step up, even with some of the weapons out and really put on a, a good showing. And he just didn't do that. And that I thought was really disappointing for the Tennessee Titans. For the Cincinnati Bengals, that is a big win for them as they're now tops in the AFC North. Uh, we'll see what happens to the Cleveland Browns today against the Raiders. But that's that's a good win for them. And it, it's... I'm not as sold on the Broncos as everyone else was. Um, and Drew Locke played horribly in that game. And he's just not a starting NFL quarterback. Like he's just, he's not. But for the Bengals to be able to come back in that game, to be able to kind of handle some of the adversity that they did, that's, that is a good win for a young football team. That That is, you came up with stops at important times. You came up with scores at important times. These are good learning lessons. Does this mean all of a sudden, hey, Bengals in the driver's seat to win the AFC? No, but in grading on a curve, like that's, if the if the Chiefs won that game, we'd probably be knocking the Chiefs pretty, like if that exact game happened with Kansas City, we'd be knocking them. It's like, hey, should we really take this team seriously? Like that's not a great win. But the Bengals are still in the progressing stages of all of this. And for them, this is, those, those are wins that you can take things from. And I think that's really important for, for Cincinnati. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys win. That's just a survive and advance game. Like there wasn't a whole lot you could take from that. I don't know how Mike Glennon keeps getting paid to be a quarterback in the national football league. It is awful to watch him play quarterback. Um, and it's, it's a good thing. He's got some of the receivers who will play defensive back for him. Cause some of those were just atrocious. Uh, if Daniel Jones isn't back for the Giants next week, I'm putting Jake Fromm in. I'm at least seeing what do I have with this dude because that was ugly what we saw from the Giants. Uh, the 49ers are who we thought they were at the beginning of the season. That front seven just made life so impossible for Atlanta, especially in short yardage situations. Atlanta did expose something, though, is that you can throw on this team if you get just an ounce of time. It's just getting that ounce of time that is kind of the factor there. And this offense, like, there's weapons on this team. Jimmy Garoppolo isn't the best, but when he's got Ayuk and he's got Debo and he's got the 18 running backs that the, the, the 49ers have, this is a good football team. And they are definitely creeping into that status of, oh, that's a team you don't want to face in, in the first round. If the playoffs were to start today, they would face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which would be a hell of a football game. Sign me up for that one. Um, and just last one. Cam Newton looks done. Like, it just, it takes everything he has to throw a 15-yard out route. It's just, it's bad. Uh, and it sucks because I thought it was a cool story, but it's it's starting to just feel uncomfortable to watch. Monday Night Preview, we have no idea how this Browns-Raiders game is going to go. I think the Raiders win this one. This is, if the Raiders want to have any chance of even just staying on that in the hunt board, they need to win this game against uh, the Browns because it's, yeah, the, the Browns, no Nick Mullins, no anyone you've ever heard of. Um, is out for the, the Browns in this one. So this is this is it for the Raiders. If they don't win this one, it's 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 probably already over for the Raiders, admittedly, but it's super duper over if they don't get this one. Uh, for the Browns, at least like they're only a game out of the division if they lose this game. If they if you find a way to win this one, then 
things are set up rather interesting, uh, interestingly for the Browns. And then the actual Monday Nighter, it is the Vikings taking on the uh, Chicago Bears. The Vikings need to win this one by a lot. This needs to be... This can't be the, oh, wow, Minnesota plays so many weird games. This needs to be everyone who was saying for forever that this was the best 3-5 and five team they've ever seen. Show that now. Show what everyone, for some reason, has seen in you all season long. Actually put those words on the field tonight and get a result. Because you need one desperately, in the worst way possible. You, you need one. A loss here and the season is over. The music that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. Find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X's where the A's would be and find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. So in the NHL, um, a lot has not happened in the last few days around this as teams are dealing with COVID outbreaks one after the other after the other. It kind of feels like we're going to need some kind of a taxi squad or something here. Like I... Not that the NHL is just going to take this time and be like, ah, oh, well, hey, Christmas time. I'll see you guys on the 27th and everything will be fine. This break needs to be really evaluating how you are going to get through the rest of this season. And that Olympics thing is going to be really, really difficult. And that's going to be a real tough um, pill to swallow for a lot of players who aren't probably going to have this Olympic experience now. And if, I, if I'm the NHL, I am... If you announce that the players aren't going over to Beijing for the Olympics, I am immediately announcing some type of World Hockey Cup uh, or World Cup of Hockey would be an easier way of saying that. I might even put it in Beijing, like just say, because that is an area that you want to grow the sport in, right? And also an area of the world that doesn't take too kindly to things not going their way. So I, I would try to work out something where, and we can... You can get into the human rights aspects of if you should be doing things in China. But if China is that important to you, maybe say we're going to do the World Cup of Hockey in China in 2023 or 2022 or whenever. Like we are we are going to make up for this somehow. If you want to just do it in Toronto again, then fine. But I, I think you need to come out with some kind of a best on best scenario that gets people excited now. And I, I don't think you can go with the gimmicky one this time. Like I... I think if you're if we're going to lose another Olympics of best on best, I think it needs to have kind of a makeup tournament needs to have kind of that feel as much as we all loved Team North America. I don't think you can be messing with that one this time. The other major news from the week, uh, Paul Maurice um, announcing that he was stepping away from the Winnipeg Jets. That it seemed like such a it's such a unique decision and such a mature one from Paul Maurice and such a very Paul Maurice decision. Like, I think I'm a good coach. I think this is a good team, but I think the time has come. And I think that a lot of teams and I think a lot of coaches would benefit from just having that. Hey, this isn't working. Is it? You mean? Yeah, no, it's, it's not. We need to, we need to kind of move on. I think a lot of teams will benefit from that sort of a thing. I'll be interested to see what Paul Maurice does next. Cause I think he's one of the best coaches in the national hockey league. And if he wants to get into it right away, I, I'm, There'll be people waiting for him. And if he wants to wait for a while, I think he's fine too. He's great on television. I think he can do anything in this sport that he wants to do. If he wants to do some kind of a podcast, if he wants to do coaching instructionals across North America, anything he wants to do in the sport of hockey, he can do uh, because he was just absolutely phenomenal with the Jets. And it's too bad that they never really got over that hump with him as the coach because I think he is an excellent, excellent coach. 
that is going to do it for Couch Potato Diary today. We are going to have three episodes this week. They're just going to happen quicker than you're used to. Um, I don't... I don't particularly want to do anything on Christmas Eve. So we're going to have a show today, a show tomorrow, and a show come out on Wednesday, and that's going to be it for the week. And then the year uh, the, the year in review stuff is going to be happening next week. That's going to be a big focus of the shows next week. And, I mean, we're still going to have some NFL stuff to talk about. We're still going to have a lot of NFL stuff to talk about. And we're going to be getting into that world junior time. So we're going to me- mess around with a couple of things. Uh, but again, thank you very much to Clearwater Cleaning Solutions for being the studio sponsor for the show today. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is running a competition. They've decided to sponsor one lucky winner with one month of free singing lessons with Sing It. All you have to do is email a video of why you should win and a snippet of you singing your favorite song to Adele at clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. That's Adele, A-D-E-L-E, at clearwatercleaningsolutions.com before January 31st, 2022 to be entered to win. If you want to get in touch with me, I'm on social media, Primetime Klein on Twitter and Instagram, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. If you want to get in touch with the show, if you also want to be a sponsor, you can email me, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Talk to you guys tomorrow. I'm out.